Fort Worth. Beside an abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits, who prowl about the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. We now join the following program, already in progress. About the intercession of St. Joseph. It's, it's really quite powerful, especially the section of the uh, document where he talks about Joseph as our father, Mary being our mother, Joseph being our father, that God the Father gave us, obviously, a mother and the Blessed Mother, but also an earthly father in St. Joseph. And it's, it's just beautifully written. I think you'll really enjoy it if you um, did not read it when it first came out or only read snippets of it. But it's a real quick find. Um, I'll put a link to it on our archive section. Andrew will. I mean, I should relink to it on Facebook, though, too. It's a good thing to do today, maybe to take your readings or before you go to Mass or the feast day to uh, take a look at this beautiful letter. But you can find it. Just do a Google. It's called um, A Father's Heart. Apostolic letter from Pope Francis on the year of St. Joseph. Just Google it and it'll come up, but I'll try to put a link up for you as well. Gosh, so much to talk about today. So Doug Keck is coming up, and then another wonderful person from EWTN. You know him well, doesn't really need an introduction. Our very own Raymond Arroyo and his brand new book. I am so excited about this. The Thief Who Stole Heaven, a legend. And it, it's at our website at AveMariaRadio.net. You can also find it at the EW Cham Religious Catalog, of course. It's published by our friends at Sophia Press. And it's really, I think, very timely, something great to read to your kids right now as we head into Holy Week, and then, of course, really to think about maybe on um, and reflect upon on Good Friday. So beautiful book. The illustrations are stunning, and we'll talk to Raymond about this and other things. You know he's going to be on, so i got to ask him some other questions about what's going on in the media. Because um, he, he, he keeps me sane when I watch his segments, not only on The World Over, but when I watch his segments with uh, Laura Ingram. He makes me laugh. He um, says it like it is, and he's a very creative writer and presenter. And so he just literally sometimes I roll off the couch. I'm laughing so hard at, at what he says and how he describes things. Again, he helps keep me sane. So should be a good show. I hope you can join us for the entire hour. And again, um, God bless you on this beautiful feast day. Asking for your prayers for my family. It is one year today that we lost my mom, Rosie Posey on the Feast of St. Joseph, and I just received a beautiful text from um, my dear friend Kelly Walquist and saying that she's praying for me today, and I'm writing her back, and 
she reminded me last year, along with several other of my friends, including my friend Gail, who works as my publicist with my company, when we were burying my mom last year, it was very difficult, as you can imagine, because she died as COVID was shutting everything down, so she did not have a funeral mass. It was a very simple wake. It was it was rough, and, and so I know... Um, those of you who lost loved ones in the last year, how difficult it's been. I'm right there with you. She didn't die of COVID, but the, the fallout from COVID affected anyone who lost a loved one last year and did not have um, the proper funeral masses or burials. It was a real, real tough time. But anyway, as she was being buried, we couldn't even get out of the car. We had to wait for the cemetery workers to lower the coffin down to the ground. And it was just a very sad, sad day. And so I'm sitting there in the car feeling sorry for myself and, and just really wallowing in my grief. And my phone is going off. I see all these texts coming in, and I'm just rolling my eyes. And I finally look down to see who it was. And I see several of my friends, including Kelly and Gail, reminding me that, isn't it amazing? What a God wink. Your mother dies on the Feast of St. Joseph, and she's buried. On the feast day of your patron, actually the, the feast day of the birthday of my patron, St. Teresa of Avila, who, by the way, no coinkydink, as you well know, and Pope Francis even brings this out in his apostolic letter on the year of St. Joseph. St. Teresa is well known as one of the saints having a very, very strong devotion to St. Joseph. So these are those kinds of God winks or God that I talk about in Listening for God. But these are the kind of moments that you know that God is in the details. They say the devil is in the details. Uh-uh. Scripture tells us every single hair on our head is counted. And for me, with my big Italian hair, we're talking a lot of hairs. So we're talking a pretty big God, okay? And the details, when we look back, of how God works in our lives through the saints, reminding us that he's there, that he's got our back, that he's got the whole world in his hand, as that old gospel song proclaims, needs to be a great comfort to all of us. And that's why I always tell people, and I said it this week when I was doing my parish mission uh, here in southeastern Michigan, at St. Joe's, by the way, in Dexter, Michigan, to write these things down. Write it down. And you have these moments. It was really neat because after every night of my um, mission this week, people it was, it was built around the new book, Listening for God, people kept coming up to me and saying, I had a God wink. What do you think of this? Or this happened to me. I'm like, yes. Write it down. Really? Yes, write it down. And share it, but then remember it to praise God and also to remember it when you're having a tough time. I was thinking about that all during Mass this morning. And speaking of another God wink, here you go. No coinkydink. So earlier this week, Deacon Dom, um, who serves at our parish, obviously, uh, went to the parish office to see if he could get a Mass uh, set for my mom. Um, and lo and behold, it was already done. 7 o'clock Mass this morning. And yet we didn't know who did it. There was no name. And then all of a sudden I received this beautiful card from a friend of mine, also a big uh, EWTN and Ave Maria radio supporter, Cindy, Cindy Schreiber from Dearborn, Michigan. Beautiful card about remembering Rosie and saying that she was the one who had the mass said for my mom. So we don't think sometimes that the little things in our lives are noticed by God or other people, but they really are. So take the time today to sit back and just, you know, relish in this love of our good, good Father God and also our good, good earthly Father, St. Joseph. And remember, if things seem like too much of a coinkydink, they're really Godwinks.
Amen? Amen. Seven minutes past the hour. Let's check the news, and then we'll have plenty of time to talk to Doug Keck, our Chief Operating Officer and President of EWTN. Here we go. California's pro-abortion Attorney General and former Congressman Xavier Becerra confirmed yesterday by the Senate as Secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services. Catholic News Agency reporting the narrow confirmation vote of 52-49 took place mostly along party lines with Democrats in support and Senator Susan Collins of Maine being the only Republican to cross the aisle and support his confirmation. Becerra was one of Biden's most controversial nominations due to his previous positions on abortion and conscience protections. He will take the helm of the health agency amid the ongoing COVID-19 virus with legal experience, but critics pointing to his lack of public health experience. Pro-life advocates from both parties expressing alarm at his confirmation, pointing to his previous defense of coercive state abortion coverage and abortion advertising mandates. Pope Francis inviting Catholic priests to rediscover St. Joseph and learn from his fatherhood during the year dedicated to him. You'll find more on this story on CatholicNewsAgency.com. Speaking to priests from Rome's Belgian Pontifical College yesterday, he said, I invite you to rediscover in a special way in prayer the figure and mission of St. Joseph, docile to the will of God, humble author of great deeds, obedient and creative servant. He met with a group of faculty and students to mark the college's 175th anniversary. Israeli archaeologists announced this week the discovery of several new sets of Dead Sea Scrolls, ancient fragments of biblical texts that have for the past 70 years contributed to scholars' knowledge about the Old Testament. The new scroll fragments, which the Israeli Antiquities Authority announced March 16th, include books of Zechariah, as well as another minor prophet. In 1947, a shepherd happened upon a cave in the northern Judean desert in Israel and discovered jars containing parchment scrolls. Archaeologists later uncovered ten more caves containing nearly a thousand pieces of fragmented parchment, papyrus, and copper. That is a really cool location along the Dead Sea, and you can actually go see the place where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Very neat. A former roommate of the man accused of killing eight people at three Atlanta-area massage parlors says Robert Aaron Long struggled with sexual sin. In a Facebook post this week, Tyler Bayless saying Long was an emotionally disturbed young man who also was very religious. The roommate wrote that Long felt deep shame about why he frequented those places, and his roommate added he knows the killings were not racially motivated and that Long had been treated for sex addiction in the past. Most of the victims were Asian women. More than 14,000 migrant children are now in the federal government's custody after arriving at the border. Gabe Gutierrez says what he sees in South Texas right now on the ground. Officials here say that they are dealing with a potentially record number of migrant apprehensions here, especially young children, more than 500 children a day. And DHS officials say that this surge could be the biggest in 20 years. Biden administration officials say the number of children currently detained includes over 9,500 kids in health and human services custody with an average stay of 34 days. Another 4,500 children are with Customs and Border Protection. The updated numbers come as the White House on Thursday referred to the situation at at the southern border as a crisis after refusing to do so for weeks, only to walk that back and then relabel it as a series of challenges.
Senator Rand Paul challenged the White House Chief Medical Advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, over masks and other ongoing coronavirus restrictions. The Kentucky Republican, who is also an MD himself, citing several studies which question the need for vaccinated people to continue to wear masks. You want people to get the vaccine? <laughs> Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you've got to wear a mask forever. Paul asking if it was just theater to require vaccinated people to wear them because Paul said, according to his research, there's virtually 0% chance they're going to get COVID. Fauci disagreed, saying masks are not theater and claimed the emergence of variants poses a threat to people who have recovered from the virus or who also have been vaccinated. However, Fauci failed to provide any research to back up his statement, while Paul said there was no science behind Fauci's defense. C-SPAN posting a five-minute video of the exchange a video that's been now viewed 1.4 million times, and that was as of early this morning. Tom Roberts, meanwhile, tells us there's a new study out showing parents and children are experiencing a lot more stress as a result of virtual learning because of the coronavirus. The CDC found parents and children learning virtually reported worse outcomes when tested for stress indicators than those who learned in person. CDC officials say this suggests virtual learning may present more risks for mental and emotional health. The study also found that virtual-only learners were twice as likely to see a decrease in physical activity. A health alert for those who drink bottled water. The FDA says to avoid alkaline water from the brand Real Water because it could cause liver damage. At least a dozen people have gotten sick, including five children in Nevada with acute non-viral hepatitis. The children were all hospitalized but eventually recovered. Health officials say the only thing to linking them was the water. The FDA warns to stay away from that brand while they investigate. Trey Thomas tells us New York Governor Andrew Cuomo isn't faring so well in his latest poll. A new poll finds Governor Andrew Cuomo's sexual harassment in nursing home scandals have most New Yorkers now believing he does not deserve a fourth term in office. The Quinnipiac University survey finds just 25% of state voters would back a bid by the governor next year, while 66% say they are against another run by Cuomo. Cuomo's job approval rating has sunk to its lowest level since he first took office in 2011. Almost 14 minutes past the hour. Always look forward to chatting with our President and Chief Operating Officer Doug Keck for our inside word, a sneak peek at all the great programming coming up, especially as we are now in a very special feast day, the Solemnity of St. Joseph. Pray for us. Doug will fill us in when we come back. And then also another EWTN gem, Raymond Arroyo, his brand new book, The Thief Who Stole Heaven. It's a Friday. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Clean water is something we often take for granted. Turn on a faucet and out pours clean water that's safe for drinking. But that's not true in countries like... Effortless giving. CharityMobile.com People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Now is a great time to learn about CMF Curo as a pro-life Catholic health care option for your family. You can join any time throughout the year. Plus, you'll experience an authentic Catholic community that cares about your health, spirit, mind, and body. 
Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O. Or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com to learn more about CMF Curo. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Companies have temporarily stopped hiring. Sporting events are held without fans. Even your friends are being told to keep their social distance from you. However, at Ave Maria University, we ask you to consider advancing while the world around you recedes. Gaining an online master's degree in business administration or theology can propel you forward, distinguishing you from the competition when companies again start hiring. Apply now at AveMaria.edu. Always great to catch up with Doug Keck because he helps us catch up with all the great programming and so much great stuff to watch, especially uh, today and this weekend. Very special day today, Judd, uh, jo- um, bleh, Doug. Yes, I speak for a living. Thank you very much. I was going to call you Joseph. <laughs> must be, you must to- be excited because Raymond Arroyo is going to be on later. <laughs> You're the opening act. You're in the green room, I'm, as I'm, I said. I'm honored to do it. I've, I've done it for many years. <laughs> You know, you're behind the scenes. You're the you're. Uh, yeah, I know you have a show, but you're the big guy, one of the big guys at the top. So usually behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm getting right? bigger, unfortunately. That's the COVID <laughs> effect. Okay, well, listen. I wanted to um, to mention the fact that I know there's some great programming coming up right. in relationship to Saint Joseph, right? Absolutely. Well, today uh, we already had an event this morning, the Holy Mass of Solemnity of Saint Joseph uh, from Nazareth. Uh, which was presided uh, presided over by the Custis of the Holy Land, of course. And so we're going to be running that, an encore of that, at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That's today. Also, a big event. We've got the Mass from the National Shrine of St. Joseph, Mm -hmm. okay, live from the Oratory of Old uh, St. Joseph Church, okay, on uh, St. Norbert's College campus in uh, Des Pierre, Wisconsin. And that's coming up at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so people can look for that. We're excited about that event, honoring St. Joseph. We also are going to be re-airing A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, the gender agenda, because if you didn't think it was prescient before, folks, the headlines will tell you uh, it was prophetic. Uh, Also, we've got Armed with the Faith, the Knights of Columbus, uh, a new program coming up as well uh, in a couple of days. Uh, People can look for that. I think it's on Sunday. Also, Reality Check next week, a wonderful Death, Judgment, Heaven, and Hell, the one and only Father Wade Menezes, a mm. uh, very popular and timely Lenten uh, series that many serious people can look for. Also, Fighting for Life, the story of Now versus yeah. Joe Scheidler. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, a great uh, pro-life warrior coming up on Monday, March 22nd. Also on March 24th, check out EW10.com. Past uh, Supreme Night of the Knights of Columbus, Carl Anderson will be on with Father Mitch. He's got a new book. People can check that out. And, of course, uh, next Thursday we'll have programming for the Feast of the Annunciation. You can check that out at com for everything that's going to be on. And go to our website as well for all of our on-demand programming. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Now, I did want to mention, too, I think that you are going to be um, having a live stream connection on Facebook for the conference on St. Joseph leaving, are, leading up to the Mass. We right? are, in fact, and you would know about that because I think you have something to do with it, yes, right? Yes, I'm mean, going to be emceeing it today. There you go. Yeah. Okay. It'll be fun. So, uh, exactly. We're, so we're going to have that on Facebook. Again, we try to say to everybody, you know, EW10, uh, just like between uh, radio and the web and, and TV, it's all multi-platform. So uh, people have to look at all of these different levels and there's different outlets because there's so much happening. As you as you mentioned, Teresa, we can't all funnel that through through the main feed on right. the network. And so, look at all our various aspects of reaching it, whether it's uh, live or being able to watch it later. 
Yeah, I mean, there's just only so many hours in the day and so much going on. Speaking Absolutely. of which, mm-hmm. earlier this week, I, I was I had my, actually my first in-person talk, which was great. I haven't done that in a year. I, I did a parish mission locally, and in, and at the end of each night, I allowed folks to submit questions. And one of the questions was about um, where to get the news, because I, of course, always put in information in my talks and presentations about media bias and, sure. and what we struggle with. And I said, well, not to tune our own horn, but I am going to tune our own horn. And I went through the list of all the outlets that we have, the news outlets, and talked about the experience of the people. There are folks like me and you and Al and Raymond who, who worked in the secular media and who bring right. that over now to the Catholic world. And that we're not just providing, quote, unquote, Catholic news, but we're doing news, but we're, we're putting it out there in a very truthful and balanced perspective. And I said, look, this is why EWTN started these news outlets, because the news in the real world well, isn't real news anymore. It's fake news, and it's sensationalized and extremely biased. And so this week especially, Doug, I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to be able to have Catholic News Agency, the Register, EW10 News Nightly, as someone who uses those sources to put my own news together. Right, and the, and the new in-depth show as well, which airs Yeah, oh, yes, Friday it's nights, great. I watched uh, it last week, yeah. One hour really or so we've got that. So you've got, you know, Raymond being the uh, trailblazer with the, the world over really getting starting up the news uh, operation basically on EWTN and then obviously the launch of News Nightly, which uh, gives you a pretty straight up with a Catholic perspective uh, news of uh, the United States and then uh, what's going on at the Vatican and other places around the globe, uh, like you said. And then you've got CNA, Asi Prenzer, and, you know, we've got offices all over the world uh, and we're expanding. We're going to be expanding, announcing another expansion of Asse. Uh, in the next few months, which is very exciting, so we're, you know, we're continuing to to reach out around the globe and make sure that people have the straight information, uh, because we all know so much of what goes on uh, is spun uh, amazingly around the world and around the globe. I mean, so uh, it's important for people to actually understand uh, what is actually being said, what is actually being taught and what the Catholic perspective is on it, not what a particular Catholic's perspective is on it, but what the Catholic perspective is. Right. Well, we were talking during the break about, about how um, the, 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 the reality of what actually is happening is totally ignored by the media. For example, this horrible story of the shootings right. uh, down mm-hmm. south, right? Because the, the, most of the people that were um, killed or hurt were Asian, I think there were six of the women who were Asian, six of the eight people were Asian right. women, they immediately jumped, the media in Hollywood immediately jumped on the discrimination bandwagon and the racist bandwagon. Meanwhile, come to find out that during the interview with the police, the suspect owned it. He said, yes, I did it. He's a very troubled young man. Right. He has a, a well-known um, sex addiction, addiction to pornography. And now his roommate came out today and confirmed that and said he's been struggling with this for years and right. he's also sought help for a sex addiction. So instead of looking at the issue, which is so prevalent and even a bigger issue because of COVID now, pornography addiction and everything else, they concentrated for the most part on, oh, well, this was all about discrimination against Asian people because of guess who? President Trump because of him calling it the Wuhan flu or the China flu. Right. I mean, it's... Uh... If if you if you're honest about it with ears to hear and eyes to see, you'll know what the truth is. Now, if you hate Donald Trump and things like that, you're going to believe these things, and that's who most of this stuff is geared towards. Uh, and again, because CNN's ratings dropped like a rock once uh, Trump left office, yeah. uh, so they're they're continuing to try to talk that up because they need. They need him. They need the bad orange man to continue to be the background specter 
of this sudden expansion of white supremacy, which I'm not sure where it came from or where it's going, except that I don't believe it's actually true. Uh, I'm sorry, there's there's really very little evidence of any of this, but it's being trumped up, to use that phrase, because it fits pe- particular people's agendas. And it's very sad because we're really creating in, a, in the United States a, 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 a world where, you know, it's groups against groups. And the difference with us is, you know, we don't come from a culture, a country that's been around for a thousand years where there's a great amount of... Uh, homogeneous sense because all the Swedes live there or the French live in, you know, so there's there's a connectiveness that's naturally built in. The United States is not that case. What connects people for the United States is the vision and dream of the United States. And it's for people to come here and realize that within reason, within reason, you can become and be what you want to be. And that's what unites and, and makes us strong. But when we start playing one group off against another, quite honestly, simply for political reasons and for power reasons, uh, that, you know, it's, it's tearing asunder the things that unites us. And, and if we don't have that, that uh, same vision, that united vision, then what's going to hold the United States together? Right, right. It's it's so ridiculous and it's so sad when they sit there and say that we're not inclusive enough. And then I heard a story earlier this week that Columbia University, they're always talking about unity and inclusion, and yet they're having all of these separate right. graduation ceremonies. It's totally insane. It's it's like everything. It's the total double think and double speak, which is we're talking about not separating people out, and to prove that we're not separating people out, we're going to separate them separate out. Separate them, yeah. Uh, it, it's like exactly the opposite of what it should be. Uh, and they don't even blink or blanch over it because they're so invested in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very Doug, sad. Thanks so we need much. to yeah. pray. That's we need to we pray, need to and we need to support networks like ours that, that put the truth out there and have all the news outlets as well, in addition to all the interview shows. For all the great shows Doug mentioned, including the events today for St. Joseph's Feast Day, go to EWTN.com. More EWTN coming up. Our very own Raymond Arroyo, brand new book, The Thief Who Stole Heaven. It's beautiful. You want to get a copy of it. Stay tuned. St. Joseph Catholic School in Arlington invites you to their 20th annual gala on Saturday, April 17th. This year's theme is A Night to Remember. In lieu of an in-person gathering, they will be live broadcasting the event to their supporters this year. The evening, which begins at 7 p.m., will include a live and silent auction, entertainment, and a walk down memory lane where you will share memorable moments of their school's history. For more information, call 817-419-6800. At Mary Immaculate Catholic School in Farmers Branch, our dedicated faculty help students and their families come to know the person of Jesus Christ as they strive for college and heaven. We are enrolling now for the 2021-2022 school year. My name is Sister Mary Ann Zuberbuehler. I'm a Nashville Dominican sister and the principal at Mary Immaculate School. To learn more about how your child can be immersed in the truth, beauty, and goodness of a Catholic education at Mary Immaculate, visit mischool.org. God bless you. Mary Immaculate Catholic School in Farmers Branch is now enrolling for the 2021-2022 school year. Under the leadership of the Nashville Dominican Sisters, the dedicated faculty at Mary Immaculate helps students to develop their gifts of nature and grace so as to reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your child can be immersed in the truth, beauty, and goodness of a Catholic education at Mary Immaculate, visit mischool.org. God bless you. 
The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Little Elm Eye Care for their support of local Catholic radio. Little Elm Eye Care is owned by Drs. Bert and Leslie Bubella, parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. They specialize in family vision care, comprehensive eye exams, contact lenses, and the treatment of eye diseases and injuries. Little Elm Eye Care is located at 1200 East El Dorado Parkway, Suite 100, across from the Little Elm Athletic Complex. They can be reached by calling 972-2920-900 or on the web at littleelmeyecare.com. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. Always great to catch up with Raymond Arroyo, if it's humanly possible, because he's so busy, so we're very grateful for his time. But um, we're going to talk about his brand-new book, and then I have a gazillion questions about what's going on in the culture. The Thief Who Stole Heaven, a beautiful book just out from our friends at Sophia Press. Raymond, good morning. Always great to speak with you. Oh, thank you, Teresa. Happy St. Joseph's Day. Yes, and it's very important for us because we're both Italian-American. This is a big, big, big Italian-American feast day. It is indeed, right? All right, your book, The Thief Who Stole Heaven. Tell us about it. Oops, did we lose Raymond? <clears throat> Raymond, oh, are you there? Oh, there you are. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying that it's a big feast day for us as Italian-Americans, but since we're on limited time, I want to get right to your book, and then I have a number of other questions. The Thief Who Stole Heaven. Tell us about it. Oh, you know, Teresa, I literally didn't hear anything you said after Italian-American. The line went dead. But, okay. Um, but I'll, but I'll, I assume you're asking about the books all yes. up there. Yes, oh, go good. ahead. Good. See, I, I, sometimes I can just intuit it. Um, the book came from a, a little footnote I found uh, about this good thief who we know so much about. I mean, we hear his name all the time, Dismas and the good thief. We consider him around... Good Friday, but then people put him on the shelf, and you don't talk about him anymore. So when I discovered this backstory of the Good Thief, and it wasn't written by you know some visionary or, or people creating fiction, it, it, it was in the writings of Saint Augustine and John Chrysostom and Gregory the Great, Peter Damian. It, it, it was an historical story that had been passed along of this young boy who was left in the care of this tribe of thieves. They taught him to be one of the best robbers in the deserts of Judea. And the story goes that he may have encountered as a young man this holy family and the child Jesus long before he ever saw him again on Calvary. So that is the nucleus of the story. And as I dug and, and explored the, the backstory of this thief, I thought, this really should be contained in a family read, that, so it would be accessible to anybody. I had never heard this story, Teresa. Mm -hmm. I never knew any of this backstory. But it somehow made sense in a narrative way. It made sense why he would rush to Jesus' defense at the end of his life. Because yeah. that always struck me as a little out of left field. Well, now you understand what may have happened before to inform it. So, I, I look, it's the first story of Easter. We often don't think about this, but it is the good thief, this murderer, this robber, who is the first one to storm the gates of heaven before saints or Our Lady or any of the apostles. It's this guy. And the question is why. So the thief who stole heaven is really my attempt to explain why the good thief is good and how we're all very much like him. It's about mercy. It's about um, hope enduring till the very end of a life and that none of us are lost. And I think that message is one that families, all of us need to hear now. Particularly. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. The key message of the book, and it's beautifully illustrated, by the way, is is mercy and that God constantly allows U-turns. He, he never turns his back on us. And if we you know, have a penitent heart and, and really believe in him and repent, he's going to give us another chance and another chance and another chance. Yeah. No, I got a beautiful letter from a, a child of a prisoner who said, after reading the book, you know, he and his father, I guess, had read it together, and um, and he, he took it home. And he said, I now realize God still loves my daddy, even though he did bad things. He's, and, and maybe he can have heaven, too. And I thought, maybe that was the, the child I wrote the book for. Um, because, you know, though I never intended that, I just wanted to tell a great story and, you know, stumbled across this one. But um, you never know the power of a story. They're, they're, uh, they have great um, um, powers to calm us to lead us, and I think to give us hope. And, and that's what The Thief Who Stole Heaven is doing. I, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it's a neat bridge also between Christmas and Easter, because this may have been the only person, aside from Our Lady, who sees the baby Jesus and then is with him as he dies at the end wow. of his life. Just this good thief. So I loved that connection. And uh, Christmas is a neat bridge, Um from the, the spirit of Christmas and the hope of Christmas. And he's a guy who, looked. he had this brush with grace. He saw the glance of God, and he turned away. He decided to go down his own path. But God finds him again before it's too late. And I think that really does speak to all of us. I love the fact that when parents read books like this, like yours also, you know, The Spider Who Saved Christmas, which is already a bestseller, as we know, that parents are recatechized and sharing them with their children. Do you hear that quite frequently? Well, you know, I wrote these books, and the reason they're not novels or short stories, which was my first impulse with this story, I was going to make it a little novella. Uh, I thought, well, who's the audience for this book? Well, families are the audience for this book. So I wanted to make it as accessible to them as possible. These are family reads, and this, I think, is a wonderful way, and I've seen it and I've heard it from the people, not only with The Spider Who Saved Christmas, but now with this new book. They're reading it across generations together. Grandparents and grandchildren, mothers and fathers, aunts and uncles and their their nephews and nieces. So it becomes this living conversation that's part of their traditions at that time of the year, which is exactly what I wanted, Teresa. We we take these characters for granted, and we almost begin to think of them as plaster figures or mm-hmm. make-believe characters, fables. You know, oh, there's the good thief. Oh, here comes uh, you know uh, uh, the 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 man, uh, the pole on the road to Damascus. Uh, oh, here comes the Holy Family again. I wanted to rescue them from that and give these characters flesh and blood not losing sense or sight of the supernatural that's at play here and, and, and the power of God in these moments and in these lives, but to put flesh on them again and to make them very immediate. So it's an adventure. It ends up being an adventure story, uh, not only of the Holy Family, but of this thief who's kind of a swashbuckling, uh, you know, pirate in the desert, which really appeals to kids, uh, I call them especially boys, I'm finding. Uh, it's, so it's a journey I want them to go on and to see his trajectory and how not every choice you make is the best choice. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes um, grace comes more than once into your life and you have to be always obedient to it and looking for it. So that's what I think it's done. And the beauty of the book, the illustrations capture 
the, the feeling of the first book. I mean, it's the same holy family you see here as you saw in The Spider Who Saved Christmas. Uh, and I, 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 the, the use of color, we were very yeah. intentional about very the use big of color, color. A lot of color. Light. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And, and it, beautifully it, it, illustrated. Because you see the lights go on for him and go out for him in his life. Yeah, and and I love the purple. I'm holding it in my hands, and it's just so it's so eastery, you know, and lenty. Yeah, it is actually. eastery. Eastery and lenty. If those are actually adjectives, I don't know, but I just made them up. <laughs> yes, I'll accept them. I like that. Very creative. To there you go. Yes. There you go. The Thief Who Stole Heaven, a legend. It's by our friend Raymond Arroyo, New York Times bestselling author. More with Raymond when we come back. It's almost 36 minutes past the hour. Get a copy of this book. It's published by our friends at Sophia Press. It's beautifully illustrated. And a follow-up on his beautiful book, The Spider Who Saved Christmas, also a beautifully illustrated book as well. It's, again, published by Sophia Institute Press. It's found on the EWTM Religious Catalog, also on the AveMariaRadio.net bookstore. And, again, the title of it is The Thief Who Stole Heaven, A Legend. And when we come back with Raymond Arroyo, we're going to be chatting about some other issues out there in the world and also mention the book again, but I do want to pick his very fine brain about so many things that are facing us, especially those of us who have uh, been in the media our entire professional lives. A lot to talk about there. Talking with Raymond Arroyo, of course, host of The World Over, in Fox News contributor, best-selling New York Times author, and our good friend here at EWTN. We'll be right back. been searching for a new perspective on the stations of the cross on thursday march 25th at 6 45 p.m and friday march 26th at 9 45 a.m saint jude and allen will be holding mary's stations of the cross a unique look at the stations through the eyes of the first to walk them mary this amazing event will deepen your understanding of the stations and how they affected our blessed mother for more information head on over to stjudeparish.com slash lent resources Pursue your vocation to heal through an online education in psychology and counseling at Divine Mercy University. Our master's and doctorate programs in psychology and counseling encompass a unique learning experience through our Catholic Christian approach to mental health, faith-centered, and science-based teachings. Join a community of healers where change begins with you. Help heal our Catholic community from mental hardship. Educating minds, transforming lives. Learn more at divinemercy.edu. That's divinemercy.edu. Hi, this is Dave Palmer, host of Back to the Father each Friday at 4 p.m. Central here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This Friday, we will be discussing St. Thomas Aquinas' teaching on the angels. What are they? What's their purpose? Do they move? Can they assume human bodies? And how do they communicate with each other? Everything you ever wanted to know about the angels based on the teachings of St. Thomas in the Summa Theologia. This Friday at 4 o'clock Central on Back to the Father here on the GRN. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more do with race chatting with raymond arroyo welcome back we're talking about a number of things started talking about his beautiful new book the thief who stole heaven a legend published by sophia institute press 
a number of locations. You can purchase this beautiful book, and it really is beautiful. You can go to Ave Maria Radio's bookstore, AveMariaRadio.net, the religious catalog, of course, and you can also find it online, a number of other sources. Okay, so I want to kind of switch gears a bit, and we'll keep plugging the book through the rest of the show, but you and I spent a lot of time in the secular media before working in Catholic media, and you still, of course, you are a contributor to Fox News regularly, and you've reported for them, and you continue to do so. You're filling in for Laura tonight. You have your regular segments on her show, which I love. It's really driving me crazy when you have an administration that talks about transparency. We're going to be so different. We're going to be so transparent. And the media buy it hook, line, and sinker, and in many ways uh, work as a PR agency. And then they're surprised when all of a sudden the same administration that claims to be so open and transparent puts a lid on the media with whom they're supposed to be besties. I mean, are the media finally getting a clue with whom they're dealing, Raymond, do you think? Well, uh, look, as access contracts, which everybody knew would happen, I mean, look, the Trump thing was an amazing phenomena for anyone who covered the White House during that time, for anyone who was near the White House or, or, or the presidential events. To have a president of the United States just saunter up to you uh, in the middle of a, you know, you're just doing a spray from afar, and he would saunter up and take questions for a half hour in the press room without any handlers. That was an extraordinary thing that I don't think you're going to see again. Um, Trump was just that kind of executive. He liked to lead, he liked to be present, and he liked to talk and engage the media. I mean, he had press conferences all the time, press avails almost every day. Um, you don't see any of that with Joe Biden. He but hasn't had one press conference yet. It's supposed to come up next week, right? No. That's what we're hearing? 65 days, yeah. We'll have 65 days until the until a press conference which is unheard of. We haven't had a president in 100 years who's pulled such a thing. Um, and more than that, we knew this during the campaign when, and, and now it's been admitted, there's a book called uh, Lucky Guy, I think it's called, yeah. and it, was, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it, it runs down why Joe Biden won the presidency. And it was a deliberate, uh, really a tactic by his campaign to use the COVID to keep him under wraps, keep him at home, limit availability, confine him to virtual events. And they've largely done that since he's taken the oath of office. Everything he does is at the White House. Today is the first day that he's actually traveling outside of either Delaware, Pennsylvania, or Washington. He's going to Georgia today, and that will be a very you know choreographed event. But normally he does these Zoom events, virtual scripted events at the White House, and there is no press avail. Reporters scream questions, he laughs them off, puts the mask on and walks out of the room. But this is having terrible effects down at the border, because now, unlike the Trump administration, which allowed everybody, New York Times, Washington Post, Fox, all of us, to cover what was happening at the border when they were having the crisis back in 2017, 2018, um, now there is an absolute blackout. You can't talk to border security. You can't talk to the Department of Homeland Security. There is a blackout from both from the media side, they won't give you access, but internally there are memos, don't talk to the media. Now, my problem is this. I don't mind anybody criticizing any administration. That's the, the job of the media is to chase down stories right. and get to the truth right. so the public knows. But if kids in cages, and I use that term in quotes, in air quotes, if kids in cages were a problem during the Trump administration, why aren't those same facilities that are housing the same migrant children now a problem? 
There are more of them in these facilities now. 14,000 kids in custody? You know, I mean, triple, triple the family units hitting the border? We don't, I know from friends in Homeland Security, we do not have the physical facilities to contain and hold these people. So what's happening is they're basically doing a quick check-in and releasing them into the mainland United States. And, and many so of them are testing adherent. positive for COVID. They're not That's a whole other thing. For COVID. They're not testing them now for COVID. So, I mean, they're putting these people on buses and taking them into the mainland. I mean, all over the country. This is a terrible policy. First of all, you're luring children and families through deserts and, and asking them to risk their lives to come here uh, by, by holding out the promise of citizenship, which is a horrible, cruel thing. You're empowering the coyotes and human traffickers. And worse, you are endangering the national security of the United States because you can't control your own border. It's, you know, you can have a heart for migrants and want to do what's in the best interest of these people and even be welcoming to them. But that process has to be orderly. Right. Uh, otherwise, it's a chaos. And that's what we're seeing now. Look at these pictures. Yeah. Tent cities, people streaming packed together over a bridge. And then we're worried about COVID uh, a mile inland. Come on. Something doesn't add up here. Are you surprised that NBC News is now reporting, which is such a huge supporter of of this administration, and, and, I mean, their bias is, is, you know, at the top of the list along with CNN and the others, but are you surprised that NBC News is among those reporting about the the media blackout at the border? What do you think is going on with the media? I'm stunned that they're reporting this, actually. Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, Part of it is everybody's ratings have come down to earth. I mean, CNN's ratings have dropped 44% in the demo. I mean... Since you know, since Trump left and Biden was elected, so yeah, as as you have less story to cover and less access, everything starts to crumble for you. And now you have a president that, frankly, doesn't seem anybody's all that interested in on the on you know among their their core audience. So this is a real challenge. They need to cover these stories legitimately. And I'm sorry, I don't care who the press is; they should be granted access to choke points like this that are in our national security interests. Americans deserve and need to know how these people are being treated and why they're being treated this way. But this is not a humane, for all the talk of charity and being humane and kind to people and welcoming the migrant and the cruelty of the previous administration, this is cruel. What we're seeing now is cruel. This is, and we should say it, it was Barack Obama who instituted the kids in cages right. yeah. and the detainment facilities. I know the guy, Tom Holman, who built the cages, the so-called cages. They're really just facilities with right. fencing in between. But um, And they are very temporary facilities until they move these children to what are like summer camps. I mean, these are, you know, paid camps for the kids where they're playing volleyball and watching widescreen TV. So... Uh, people don't understand because they've never been to the border and they've never seen these facilities. And they also don't know what these border agents contend with, many of whom are Hispanic and Catholic, Mm -hmm. which you should know. They Mm -hmm. certainly aren't people trying to destroy or kill or, 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 you know, in any way harm these migrants. In fact, it is our border patrol who fish these people out of the Rio Grande after the coyotes throw them in. And, and give them shelter and, and new clothes and give their babies diapers. No one covers that. No one, Teresa. And so, um, we so, should. So, 
So you, do you think that, that with NBC News and now others starting to report it, I mean, Fox News has reported this for a long time, do you think that there will be more pressure on this administration to come clean, not only on this issue, but no, on others? I think the transparency thing is a pig and a poke. Transparency, we have no transparency. We have no access to the records of what's happening at the border. You don't know what's happening with basic legislation. We, don't, we have shifting tax rates we keep talking about and no access to the president. But aside from that, I guess things are very transparent. No, I don't think they're going to change, honestly. I don't think they're going to change. You don't think the media will put more pressure on them, I guess was my point. No, no. I think think it's kind of performance art. They They want to make it seem as if, look, we're concerned and we're worried and we want more access. But when the access doesn't come, what are you going to do? And my answer is nothing. You're going to do nothing because they feel... Uh, for whatever reason, they have thrown in with an ideological side and said, this is the right president for now, and this is our guy. And that's a bad spot for the press to be in. That's you know, when I interviewed, mm-hmm. when I interviewed Donald Trump, and, and I did it on multiple occasions, you can be civil with a president, which I was, but I was tough with him and got news out of him on multiple occasions. In fact, he was a little annoyed by some of my questioning at the pro-life march, as I recall. Because I threw a, you know, threw a, a, a curveball at him about an official who had said something and had been relieved of their duty, and he didn't know about it. But again, that's our job. You can be civil, you can be kind, but you also have to ask the questions that are in the news and that are important to the American people. And I don't see any of that with this administration. George Stephanopoulos the other day playing footsie with Joe Biden was absurd. And asking him about that dog, if I hear another word about that dog at the White right. House, I'm going to like, I'm going to eat a, a dog biscuit. And also the media covering uh, for um, the uh, the obvious um, issues that Joe Biden is having. I mean, there's some real issues there, and he always has to have those three by five cards. He couldn't met, uh, name the defense secretary, uh, you know, last week. I mean, there, and there's many other instances where he's carrying these three by five cards with him all the time. It's just, it's very scary, and and I think it's very sad as well. Well, you see what I think, what, what I covered during the campaign and raised the alarm about. He's having big syntax issues. He can't always put thoughts together, and his recall has collapsed. I mean, look, I'm not a neurologist. I'm not an elder care specialist. I'm not, you know, a dementia doctor. So I can't diagnose any of that, nor would I. But there are signs of some cognitive decline here that I think we have to ask questions about because they speak to the competency and the and the credibility of the united states government and who's running it or not running it now and what you see and i said this months ago and it hurts that this is happening teresa mm-hmm. months ago i said look we're not pointing this out to make light of joe biden or to make fun of joe biden it's terrible what we're seeing in public his his public collapse in this way but i said our enemies are watching this the enemies of the United States are watching this, China and Russia. And sure enough, what we're seeing now is a full-scale collapse of our diplomatic capabilities. As you saw in the meeting with China last right, night, and I'm going right. to get more into this on the Ingramagnet tonight, what I'm hosting, uh, we saw a full collapse of that diplomacy because Putin is saying, I want to have a live conversation with Joe Biden. Let's have a one-on-one, and I wish him well on his health. What do you think that's about? Right. That is clearly challenging. Uh, the, the mental 
uh, acuity of our president right now. And sadly, I don't know if we will be able to match the challenge. And we're seeing the same thing with the Chinese engagement yesterday. It's a mess. God bless us and protect us. Well, I'm glad you're out there on the front lines, Raymond, and you are going to be filling in for uh, Laura tonight. Uh, Give us a tease of what you'll be covering. Well, we're going to be covering a lot. Naturally, Friday Follies. I think we still need our laugh. I have a very special guest for Friday Follies. Uh, We are going to get into uh, the international implications of what's happening between China and Russia and the United States now. And, uh, and, and the, the Asian, uh, violence we're seeing across the United yeah. States. How pervasive is that? Is this really a national crisis or are these flashpoints, uh, isolated? And who's really, uh, responsible for this violence? So right. we're gonna dig into all of that tonight. Right. Lots, lots to cover and uh, big night. Yeah, I wish I had more time to talk about the uh, the Asian story because now even the suspect himself, as we were talking about during the break earlier, has admitted he has a sex addiction, a very strong one. His roommate is coming out and saying he's been dealing with this for years, but the media want to make it all about all about discrimination and racism. Not that we shouldn't be concerned about you know minorities who are who are experiencing these problems, but in this case, to take a story that isn't a story and to try to make it one um, is just well. To, we have to be very know. careful with narratives, Teresa. Right, exactly. People here are you know. I'm I'm fastidious when I write fiction uh, because, you know, certainly when I was writing this good thief book, I tried to stick to the facts as they were presented by the Church Fathers. We have to do that, certainly, as news reporters, Mm -hmm. restrict ourselves to the facts. And many times they run ahead, create a narrative that later explodes on everybody. But by that point, it's too late. It's too late. It's already been on the front page. It's already been on Twitter. It's already been on Facebook. It's already been the lead story everywhere. It's like, you know this. You and I have journalism backgrounds, right? You put the correction on the fourth or fifth page. Well, the story's already out there. The correction doesn't mean anything by the time it actually hits print. Well, we saw it with Trump's call to the Georgia Secretary of State that was spun as, as, you know, some anti-constitutional act where he was trying to change the election. And used out, as evidence in the impeachment. Right, exactly. And now it turns out it was a perfectly innocent call. As the president said, it was said a perfect beginning. call. At the beginning, yeah, amazing. And, uh, yeah, and they, didn't, they really didn't all apologize for it, certainly not in the way that was commensurate with the coverage. Raymond, great conversation, not enough time. Uh, keep up the great work, both on EWTN and Fox, and with all your beautiful books, including your latest book, The Thief Who Stole Heaven, a legend from our friends at Sophia Institute Press. We'll be right back. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Clean water is something we often take for granted. 
turn on a faucet, and outpours clean water that's safe for drinking. But that's not true in countries like Kenya, where the number one cause of child mortality is from drinking contaminated water. Together, we can change that. Cross Catholic Outreach works with local Catholic partners around the world to transform the lives of families living in poverty. You can join this mission at crosscatholic.org slash bless. That's crosscatholic.org slash bless. Location, location, relocation. Studies show more than a third of college students transfer and half of those do it more than once. It reminds us of St. Augustine's quote, Our souls are restless until they rest in thee. At Ave Maria University, we challenge this group to visit us, stroll down our palm tree paths, spike a shot on our sand volleyball court, or partake in an outdoor devotion. There's a reason when students visit Ave Maria, they tend to stay. Ave Maria University, your relocation destination. Visit AveMaria.edu. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. Thanks for tuning in to this program, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Find us both online, of course, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. I'll see you online a little bit later on on uh, Facebook through EWTN and my Facebook page and also the St. Joseph Conference, stjosephconference.org, S-A-I-N-T, the year of St. Joseph, and look forward to seeing you on a Monday as well with Jeannie Mancini. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Faith Fitness is a ministry with the goal of bringing Jesus' message and teachings to the young adult community through monthly talks on different topics. On March 23rd, Bishop Greg Kelly will join Faith Fitness at Texas Ale Project Brewery to speak about St. Joseph as a role model for our lives. The event takes place on Tuesday, March 23rd, starting at 7 p.m. at Texas Ale Project Brewery. For more information, please visit the Faith Fitness Ministry Facebook page. Hello, I'm Larry Lindzen. David Walker and I represent Catholic Life Insurance in North Texas and are sponsors of this great station. Do you have questions about your life insurance or your retirement plan options? We can share some ideas with you and also some options. We can be reached at 214-274-3236. Again, 214-274-3236. Thank you for listening to Catholic Radio and supporting KATH 910 AM. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 